I'm Chud X. And I'm Lanny. And this is the world as it is today. So should we start by me telling everyone how you dance to the imaginary music that is going to be added in at a later <laughs> date while we're waiting to start? Yeah, you can tell people about that. Just don't tell them that I danced at a hippie uh, meditation circle. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll disappear if I, if people find out. Yeah, you you just told them. Oh, but... son of a bitch. And I already said it on two other podcasts. So. <laughs> I really getting around with that. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is The World As It Is Today. Um, we are here to talk about some stuff. But real quick, before we get started, I wanted to mention a couple of things that we've got going on and coming up. One that I already mentioned before is my upcoming workshop. That's April 10th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is online via Zoom, and I'll be live with all of you to talk about fermentation as food preservation. So whether you fermented before or you're totally brand new, this could be a really good uh, opportunity for you to expand your knowledge, to share with others, and to get to meet other cool people in this freedom community um, that have similar goals in mind for uh, more self-sustainable actions and skills. So if you want to join me, just uh, email me at greenerpostures at pm.me and I would be excited to give you more information to get you signed up. Take food security into your own hands. There you go. That's that's, That's the way I've been telling people about it. I don't know if that's kind of my phrase that I'm attaching to you, but it's, uh, I mean, like I, I think that all of this stuff that you're teaching there is some of the most important there is. Yeah. What I hope everyone would could learn together is to not be afraid of your food, to understand a little bit better how things break down. So you don't have to be afraid of food poisoning because it really seems like as the years have gone by, that is just plugged into your head that if you leave anything out on the counter, for five minutes, it's going to be so rotten. You won't even be able to tell and you're going to kill your whole family. So that's not the case. And there's some information that you can understand that can help you um, put your mind at ease about that. And I hope to share some of that with you, what's helped me along the way and made me feel better. So that's one of, one of the many things we'll be discussing at, uh, at that workshop. And uh, we've already got some really cool people signed up. Buffalo and Legs from False Reality Check are going to be there. And Adam Shonar from Trust the Silenced is going to be there. And uh, Stephanie of My Friend is going to be there. She, she's attached to Richard Grove. and Oh, she, yeah, she's, she's in the autonomy course currently and I think does some work for their marketing team. So, yeah, we've got lots of, uh, lots of cool people coming. The other thing I wanted to mention is another project that we have been working on that I failed to mention at uh, our last podcast. Feed the Beauty. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that we forgot. That's a, <laughs> that's a new panel that we've got with Buffalo and Legs from False Reality Check, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled and Into the Apocalypse, Adam from Trust the Silenced, and Moral Bob from Hidden in Plain Sight and his wife Kaylee of the That Retro Marriage and That Retro Homeschool. So we had our first, uh, we recorded our first panel a couple weeks ago. And it was on Rockfin on the False Reality Check page. Um, I don't know if anyone else has released the audio, but they also released the audio on theirs. Yeah, on the False Reality Check RSS feed. Yeah, it's about uh, it's about a bunch of 
us like-minded people who are, uh, um, should I say, concerned about our future uh, in, in a way that we want to not feel concerned, but instead feel empowered by our own abilities to navigate the future uh, via homesteading and self-sufficiency, whether that be um, you know, food, food wise or education wise, uh, homeschooling and things like that. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a really good talk. So listen, if you haven't yet, and we're supposed to be recording the first week of every month. So there should be another one out at the beginning of April. So today I was hoping to talk about cycles and the changing of season. Cause we just had our favorite, the, uh, spring equinox, mm-hmm. which is great, but the time change, daylight savings time. Yeah. Yeah, is, there's there's been a handful of things. Like, I don't know, all this was super uh, noticeable to me because we crossed a few, what I'm going to call, imaginary lines all in a row. One of which isn't going to be for everyone listening, um, but if you're on the West Coast for sure, and it's been happening in, in, in every state with the rollback of the masks. Um, I can't remember the timeline exactly for which day was which, but all in a row we had, um, we suddenly one day we were required, other people, I didn't comply, uh, were required to wear masks to go into stores. And then the next day we weren't. Yeah. That was March 11th. And then March 12th, we were no longer, um, being required to. Right. If we ever were. And that, so March 12th was a Saturday. Yep. And then what was the next day? Daylight, Daylight savings. <laughs> and I didn't remember. And I was really, really confused in the morning. You had gone to work and I got up and I had slept in a little more than usual. And then I was doing stuff in the kitchen for a while. And then I finally sat down at the computer to do a couple things. And the time on the computer was different than what the clock had been in the bedroom because mm-hmm. it changes itself. And I was like, what, how did I, how did it take me an hour to do all that, those couple things in the kitchen? Like way confused and then babies don't know that it's daylight savings time and no one knows that dogs it's daylight savings dogs time. don't know chickens don't know chickens don't know it's a, the biggest scam i it's frustrating it's it's a fun one for me to talk to uh normies about um just because i i'm always curious i always say something you know because nobody likes it right you know uh, people come in, they're extra tired or 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 stoked because they got an extra hour of sleep, depending yeah, on which. Yeah, no, it's the spring one everyone hates because you lose an hour. And then mm-hmm. fall, everyone's like stoked because you get to stay at the bar for an extra hour or whatever. And it was notable this year. Uh, I saw three young guys that I work with that morning. And uh, I asked each of them individually as they came in, you know, like, oh, how'd you do with the time change? And all three of them didn't know that it had happened. Uh, they were oh. like, oh, that's why I'm so tired this morning. Uh, I couldn't figure it out because they all function entirely on their smartphone, which is automatically updated. Yeah. So so hey. they, they didn't even, you know, it used to be that it would be on the nightly news would be, you know, mentioning for a couple days ahead of time. Don't, don't forget. forget to change your clocks back. And it would be on our calendars, maybe like printed on the calendar, stuff like that. We have an old VCR around here that 
uh, is programmed for you know the next thousand years to to switch on daylight savings. Yeah, that was pretty high tech at the time that it did it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's and, at the wrong. But day. it's at the wrong time because they changed these things, and uh, that's why I mean part of why it's interesting. I mean that that was interesting on itself this year that three people didn't know it had changed and it explained why they were tired. But I always like to ask people, why do you think we do that? And, you know, of course, what's the most common answer? They always say, oh, because farmers. Farmers. It's because of farmers. And maybe some people in the past, I've even heard like, um, you know, volunteer that of like, oh, man, I lost an hour of sleep. Goddamn farmers. You know, Uh, but I always point out that, uh, I don't think farmers have anything to do with it. Like what, what would it be that make farmers responsible for this? Don't the cows need to be milked at the same time anyway? Doesn't it make it so that the farmers are just now milking the cows at five instead of four or four instead of five or whatever, you know, they go off of the sunrise. So it does change when, when you're going to milk the cows, but it changes really gradually. And with the sun, it doesn't change by an hour <laughs> suddenly. No, the cows didn't get the memo. <laughs> no, just like the dog doesn't or the baby. And uh, being a, uh, a couple of people who've spent some time in the auto body industry, um, it's notable that like clockwork, uh, you can expect a few extra cars right after a time change whether it be daylight savings or the or back to standard. Yeah, the the jokes at the body shop were definitely like different times of year, the year when you knew you were going to get busier and the obvious one is when snow comes and we would joke and call it white gold was falling from the sky cuz it was going to make people crash and then we would get to fix cars. But the one most people wouldn't assume that we definitely noticed an uptick in customers and phone calls was daylight savings time either direction changed if you think about in the fall like if you're driving in the the, either either side i think you're driving in the dark your commute is in the in the light and then the next day it's in the dark Mm -hmm. right there's that Mm -hmm. you're you're more groggy or you're confused or it's just just you know jars you out of your routine maybe you know like in this case it's like it's lighter out okay that's cool whatever um you know that's not actually gonna affect i mean depends on the exact time that you go to work but uh, you're everyone like those, those three guys that I mentioned earlier, they were all tired, Yeah. you know, like everyone's a little more tired when it springs forward. And when it comes back, you know, it's like people get used to like driving in the light and then all of a sudden they're, they go from, you know, they gradually, it got lighter and lighter and lighter. And then it, the, the, the time falls back and it's like, bam, <laughs> you're driving in the dark uh, and it's early in the morning and you're tired and it's like, um, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of, kind of fucks with people. It's uh, especially those bright lights, especially when, you know, it's busy traffic, you know, like suddenly, um, traffic that you don't expect for another hour is out and about. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the light changes. I don't know. I've, I've always, always questioned this this uh, this whole daylight savings thing. And is it Arizona that doesn't have it at Arizo- all? I think Arizona is the only place. I, I'm not sure about this, but I think Arizona is the only place 
that doesn't abide by it. Because then, like, some places, like, they say you, you stay on, da- they're on standard time or they're on daylight savings time and is the two terms, right? And I don't know which is which. But it bothers me a lot because there was something here in Washington State where they were trying to pass a law that said we weren't going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But they, they, <laughs> they were trying to pass a law that we would stay on daylight savings time. Yeah, instead of standard time. So and I was like, literally, be... standard is the word is standard. Shouldn't that be what we revert to if we're not going to switch around anymore? Well, honestly, like if I really, really uh, uh, search for my opinion on this, my answer is it doesn't really fucking matter because time is a social construct that we made up in the first place. So yeah, call it whatever you want to. It just it's just a way to measure and don't switch the way the way we don't tear the scale at a random time. We just we uh, I look at noon as halfway through the day, right? Uh-huh. Like just that's the way I have come to understand it. And when we're on standard time, noon should always be when that sun is due south of you. Yeah. So that just kind of makes sense if we were working on a sundial system that would be the always time <laughs> you know yeah. and now we go from it's like from march to when do we change again is it october uh, november i think it's november now november so most of the year yeah we are um, we're calling halfway through the day when that sun is no longer due south right which is kind of weird if you ask me um but but at the same time because i understand that it's a social construct it doesn't really fucking matter we could call that four in the four o'clock and as long as we just stick with something it would make a lot of sense to me right um but um it does it does it fucks with a lot of people's heads and i don't know the history of those time change I mean the 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 date changes for the time changes uh but it is really notable to me in the last few years as I've been uh, observing the sky more and more that uh this always comes in this case just right before the, the equinox. equinox yeah well when I remember when we were kids it was different like the the time the daylight savings time the day you change your clocks was was different off by a few weeks at least from where we are now. I can swear, and I should probably fact check myself on this, but didn't we used to switch back to standard time before Halloween? Uh, yes, I think it was October. Because it seems like it was like, oh, you know, oh, trick-or-treating is going to be all in the dark and cold, and then that happens, and it's like, oh, yeah, wait, you know, we're, we're it will be a little bit light out. Uh, maybe uh, you yeah. know for a couple for for a couple more hours. But I just of, checked this for year. A couple hours. It's going to be November sixth, so it's the first week in November. First week in November, so just after Halloween, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I would I would like to find a, a, a probably Wikipedia has one like just a, a list of when the time the dates of the time. Oh changes. yeah, we just did that with a list of the Super Bowls. Remember? Yeah. So we were trying to say, isn't Super Bowl Sunday never this late? Because it was on Valentine's Day weekend this year, and I was a little off. It was it was more in February than I thought, but but for a long, long time it was always the end of January because I think there's been like five years of my life the Super Super Bowl Sunday has been on my birthday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the end of January. But anyway, uh, that um, that coincidence, <laughs> if it is, 
of the daylight savings time change in spring being just before the spring equinox Mm -hmm. is another way that seems like uh, everything kind of distracts you from what actually is happening that you should actually notice. What I see really, really right, right there is it's making us be less connected to our sky and the sky clock, which I think... Um, I feel pretty strongly is one of the only um, really solid things that we have um, that w- that we have a sky that we can look at and we can learn a lot of things um, from looking at our sky. And I think that the equinox is is an important thing. Uh, I, I briefly mentioned at the beginning of this that I was at that meditation for the spring equinox. Uh-huh. And... Um, you know, I'm not I'm not being a, a, a rabble rouser when I'm at an event like that. Uh, but, you know, they started the whole thing by talking about what equinox means. And he was saying it's I think he said it's from the Latin of equa, making, meaning equal and nox, meaning night, because today this was on the 20th, because today we have equal day and equal night. Well, you know, I didn't raise my hand and. <laughs> interrupt the meditation <laughs> uh, although it did interrupt my own meditation because um, I I'm observing our sky clock very carefully and um, last year on March 17th not the 20th uh, I was able to observe a sunrise and a sunset that were at equal times that was the equal day and equal night of 2021 this year Unfortunately, I was blocked out by clouds, so I couldn't observe either the rise or the set of the sun. But I watch it whenever I can, and it seemed to be lining up ahead of time. I was going, you know, this is looking like it's going to end up on uh, on Thursday, on the 17th. Um, and according to DaytonTime.com, uh, that was absolutely the equal day and night for, for our location. Cause I think that this changes based on where your location it's, is. So what people have told me, and maybe you mentioned that people say is that it's ba- it, the, the equinox is based on the time that uh, this happens when, if you're at the equator. Yeah. And even then I, I looked at, I, I just played around on, on dateandtime.com and I was finding areas that were, on the equator uh-huh. and checking their sunrise and sunset. And man, shit got way out of whack. Way, 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 way out of whack. I didn't find one place that was even close, even close to being equal day and night at the equator. Uh, but what I'm, but what I'm told is that the equinox, the spring equinox is based on where the sun is in location to the equator. And that on the 20th, should have been a day that there was at at noon, I believe, they had no shadows. Uh, at the equator. At the equator. Meaning the sun was directly overhead, so if you stood there in the bright sun, you would cast no shadow. Your only shadow would be underneath your feet. And so, again, if I'm going to be fussy about semantics, which we, we usually are, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I'm, and I shouldn't say fussy, I should say thoughtful. Okay, so I'm, I like that better. I'm thinking about how equinox, like you said, means equal night, mm-hmm. equal day and equal night, right? 
And so if that's the case and that's what we're supposed to be celebrating is the, this idea of the days getting longer, then we should be celebrating what our sun is doing over our head at our location at our time. So last year and this year, I thought of St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. Yes, both years it was on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, the 17th was was our um, spring equinox, and we celebrated and had a special meal last year. And this year, I don't remember why, but it was a little tighter. We didn't have – oh, you had a long podcast. You were down here. Was that with Bob? No. No. But you, you had a podcast. I, so it was a busy day. It was yeah. a busy day, but we still took time out of the day to think about it, and, and uh, even though it was raining out, oh, absolutely. look at the sky. And I did feel – I felt a difference that day. I tried watching the sunrise and sunset, even though I was just hanging out in the rain in a very cl- – I couldn't even see the mountain. Um, uh, at, but within that, I'm pretty sure I heard birds that I haven't heard this year. Yeah, that's, that's the one big thing. In the mornings when I'm sitting quietly before the kids wake up and you've already gone to work, mm-hmm. the birds that are singing outside the windows are, are different birds than they were just before that. And I think that's what's important is that the animals notice something different. I think our chickens – knew something was different at that point. I mean, I don't know when I say knew something, I don't know, maybe I'm giving them, you know, too much of a human mind to think that they know something is different, but they just, they act different. But they all move into, along with the sun, into this new cycle of growth. Mm -hmm. Whereas winter is all about kind of hunkering down and waiting it out and taking care of yourself as much as possible then spring is a time for getting out there and growing and and uh, trying new things, you know? And so, I don't know, maybe there's going to be more rooster rape going on in the yard. <laughs> and um, I, I, Can you say cock rape? <laughs> would it make you feel more comfortable it made me if feel, I said yeah, cock rape? Rooster rape just makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, but cock rape, I don't think anyone can mis- misunderstand No, that. no one would misunderstand that. Uh, well, something I want to point out, too, with the idea that we need to be more localized, uh, uh, that we feel that it sh- that it's more localized for what the equinox is. Uh, if we try to think about history, which, as you know, I believe is very convoluted, so I don't necessarily uh, ascribe to what I'm about to say, but um, if if we if time was is is as we were told that we had less technology in the past and whatnot um you know a hundred years ago when my great-grandpa was was building this house and such um there was not communications between whatcom county washington and the equator right like like the people here wouldn't really know whether or not people are casting shadows or not at the equator. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so if, and if no one was telling anyone, and I don't, I I think there were people telling people that the equinox is here, but if, if it was just up to my great grand, my great grandpa Gus to figure out when it's equal day, when it's the equinox, when it's, when we decide that it's springtime and he were to understand that that's equal day and equal night, he would have picked the 17th. He wouldn't have picked the 20th. The only reason that he might have picked the 20th would be because it's a few days after that equal point where you can see it a little bit better without having to watch a sunrise. You know, it's the same thing I've wondered about uh, Christmas. Uh December 25th is just after the solstice. Uh, And I believe that people have celebrated on that day 
one thing or another for a long time. And for a long time, before I was questioning history, I thought, oh, it's because that's when they can tell that the days are getting longer. They kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter until around the 20th. And then by the 25th, it was like, nope, the sun is coming back. It's for certain you're seeing that pattern. So so let's party now yeah. that we can see that. And that would end up being around the 25th. And then, you know, who knows where all the different celebrations, you know, were, were pulled in together between Brumalia, Saturnalia, the uh, Christmas. All the standards. All the, all the ones that everybody knows. All of them knows. <laughs> yeah. So I think that what I noticed about winter solstice was that it seems like it starts around the 19th and then the 19th, 20th and 21st, the length of the days are all about the same, mm-hmm. like within a minute. That's, that's what I'm told. Although I've never observed that. It's harder to do that for us at winter, in that time of year because it's so dark and cloudy. Yeah. But that's, it seemed right to me last year. And so I tried to really observe that at that time. And, um, this winter I really focused on what, what winter would mean to like nature and animals and probably to, you know, historically to man, uh, before it was commercialized and about Christmas and, and going to work every day at the same time, regardless of the season and all of the other stuff. And so since I've, I've got the luxury of being able to be a stay at home mom and, and choose what we do. Um, I really focused on taking care of myself this winter and being okay with feeling maybe a little more tired or a little less motivated or a little less inspired and just kind of snuggle in and be content that we have what we need and we have a roof over our head and the house is warm and we have food. And this winter was the best winter that I've ever had in my life because I typically start to get kind of depressed is a heavy word, but I get a little down about not doing enough or not feeling up for things. Um, and feeling like there's a lot of pressure to perform and make everybody happy to, to make Christmas perfect and, have presents wrapped and be decorated and all this other stuff that like, honestly, a lot of those traditions, they don't have meaning to me anymore. And I don't think I need to pass them down to my kids. Um, I don't need Coca-Cola Santas all over my house. Um, it's, it's, I want I like Christmas, the idea of celebrating and having a feast and sharing with one another and giving meaningful gifts. If you feel compelled to do so, but not feeling obligated to and not having having a dollar amount associated with it. Um, not having just like rigid structure to like traditions that just don't, don't fit. No, they don't, they don't serve us. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that, I mean, well, like first let's face it, uh, Christmas, at least in the United States or at least in, in our culture that you and I have experienced in our lifetime, uh, is totally commercialism. I mean, it's just, it's a consumerist like bullshit thing. It's why I I hated Christmas so much for uh, a long period of my life. Um, but, uh, like, like when you mentioned like traditions, like hanging on to traditions, I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like there's people who had a really, really good Christmas or two when they were kids. Right. And, and there was something really special about those. And maybe they weren't even as special as they think, but they've changed in their heads over time. 
But, you know, let's just say it was really, you know, a really fantastic Christmas that year that we all drank eggnog and sang this song and did this like this. And we had our stockings hung here and we did this and that. And we were at grandma's house on Christmas Eve and we were at Uncle Joe's on on this day. You know, like something like just these these couple days were so or a couple years. uh, They were so perfect, at least in their heads. That as they grow up and they have kids, they're like, no, 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 we have to go to grandma's on this day and we have to go to Uncle Joe's on this day or maybe now it's Uncle Bob or whatever, you know, like uh, that they have these this checklist that we have to do all this because that's what makes a good Christmas as opposed to, you know, of course, forget all that commercialism and consumerism and uh, just love your family. Yeah. You know, like like that seems like unquestionably like a good thing which i do believe in um you know uh since we're talking about christmas i'll I'll just i'll just throw in this little uh story of that like i said i used to hate christmas mostly based on the consumerist aspect of it and there was a christmas when i was um you know like at a low in life i was very drunk back then i was very sick i was very lonely And I skipped Christmas altogether. I didn't celebrate with friends. I didn't celebrate with family. I lived in a camper and I bought a 30 pack of Milwaukee's best ice beer and um, was just going to spend Christmas not eating food and only consuming (laughs) shitty beer because fuck all that shit, right? And while I was doing that, I was listening to the local classic rock radio station, and they were playing all these uh, Beatles, um, really rare... B-sides? No, they weren't B-sides. They were their fan club Christmas releases. Oh, okay. They were were like, I think they were like 7-inch 45 records that were mailed out to the people who paid them extra money to be a part of this fan club. And it was the Beatles speaking on each one, uh, saying, yeah, you know, we love our fans, you know, thanks for whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, I just had this, like, I don't know, like I was imagining these kids being told by their heroes, Merry Christmas. And it was like, I just had this like weird epiphany and I'd been reading about Brumalia, which I, don't think I understood as well as I as I should have, but I I distilled Brumalia down to being that sun worshippers used to think that the world was gonna end every year, and by the twenty fifth they saw that the day because the days were getting shorter and shorter, but the sun was coming back, and on the twenty fifth they would feast. It's kind of what I was describing earlier, and I I was probably drunk as shit by myself and I just had this epiphany of that like no wait I'm I've got it wrong I mean everyone else does too but I've also got it wrong I should be celebrating I should be celebrating the return of our son and I should be celebrating this uh this pattern of energy that has been being repeated on the earth over and over again through these years this is a time of celebration it's just that everyone's so twisted up with this consumerist shit that it, it got me down and I, I rejected it. I rejected it too hard kind of a thing. Well, it's, it's really easy to do that. And I think 
if there is a central planner in all of this, it is it's part of the plan. It they they take over these pre-existing, um, you know, holidays or, or times of celebration that really have meaning to the human spirit and the human condition and what it means to be alive and an animal on this planet and what it means to be one with nature and the earth. And they take those times of celebration and they plaster over top of it some shit holiday with branding and uh, marketing and things to distract you and make you feel sick things to give you those little hits of dopamine like you're looking for but they don't last and they make you feel hollow afterwards and those holidays are there and they distract you from what the real meaning is of that time and so it, it's not natural to reject it and then because you reject it so hard it's hard to to find the truth that's right underneath that and so it's sometimes it's like having to throw all of it away and then get back to that point like we have. Mm-hmm. And and it really feels like this year for the first time I really let that happen. And I I I, I lived in the real spirit of the winter and I yeah. stopped answering my emails and I stopped seeing friends. Yeah. And you know, you know, not in a I'm depressed and they should worry about me way, but just like I love you guys, I'm hibernating is the word I used because I thought it was a cute like uh joke kind of way to make people feel comfortable. Like I just don't feel like going out. And I spent more time being snuggly with the kids and and you and board games and and movies and hanging out and making food and then experiencing true love with your family. Yeah. And then in January, you know, like I got excited about, you know, all this time too is spent not, not just hibernating, but kind of like this, this, the stasis, this like calm and waiting, but like dreaming and not dreaming. Like this is the list I need to do next to get to that spot. But dreaming like, Oh, wow. I can picture a chicken tractor full of meat chickens, mm-hmm. or I can picture us having a podcast, or I can picture me having a YouTube channel. I can picture that I know how to make sourdough bread. And it was like all of the end of December and the beginning of January that it was just me in the kind of the quiet darkness, just getting, you know, keeping up on the daily stuff and, and just letting those dreams kind of come through me until then in January, I started to figure out how to, to make, make and record videos. Mm -hmm. And so I started my, my preserving today YouTube channel. And then we started the podcast. And then by February, I started, well, in in January, I started a sourdough starter. And so I was like little by little learning these new things that were going to kind of blossom towards the end of winter and become like these new skills. Now there are things I know how to do that don't take me too much effort and mental space because I've, I've rehearsed them so much during that darker time. And so now I make sourdough once a week without having to look at a recipe and I have it memorized and I can record, um, video and, and put it out on a YouTube channel. And we're making this podcast, all these new skills that I have now. Whereas like every other winter, I felt like I came out being a failure and, and like having been lazy and, and, and you're broke. feeling guilty and not, yeah, and not having anything mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, just going to work and getting by and, and yeah. yeah. I think what I'm hearing you describe, you went through this year and, you know, I was with you, I went through it with you, but, uh, I didn't, I certainly didn't articulate it the same. Um, I wasn't thinking about it the same. Um, but what you're describing is what I would imagine humans would do 
if they were on their own with a sky clock to uh, help them guide their way through life. Yeah. Like, I'm stuck. Uh, that makes it sound bad, but, well, I'm just going to go with it. I, I'm stuck in this darkness, but I know, thanks to the, the, the clockwork-like um, movement of the sky, that it is going, spring will be here. And if you meditate on that and think forward to spring, instead of, instead of hurting yourself, uh, hurting, instead of, instead of in, in days of old, hurting yourself being outside and trying to, uh, live life the same as you would if it was June in December, uh, you don't go out and have a, have a fire and, uh, and look at the sky, uh, to, to admire stars as much as you do, as you do watch it from, from your shelter and stay warm. Um, like you're meditating on what you'll be doing in the future and that's going to make the future easier. Yeah. And I just felt like if you think about it, it's a time to conserve energy and resources and to kind of hunker down and it has been historically and it is for other animals and so to, to be able to do that this year and while still like, I think my main focus the entire time was on gratitude and being thankful for what I had and, yeah. and, and a, like every time we popped open a can of something that we had saved from our property. Oh, sure. Um, sure. Being yeah. so thankful for that and like thinking, watching the squirrels on a cold morning going out and, and digging up walnuts that they had buried there and feeling like I, I get that. I get that nice feeling that they get when they dig up that walnut. Cause they did all that hard work. That's, that's it. I was, I was missing half the whole freaking picture there when I was describing my interpretation of what you were saying. I, I, that was, uh, yes, meditate on the future. I was, I was right on that, but also reflect upon the past Yeah, and be proud of what you've done in the past. Like, I don't know. It's a it's a time of dark. It's a time of um, of uh, uh, death. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that an appropriate word to no, use? No, I remember you know a big mushroom trip when I was probably 20, 19, 20, living in my first own house. You know, and it was fall, and I I just remember like it's good to know you're dying. It's good to know you're dying. Like get stuck in my head, but like in this really positive way okay. and just like being able to see that everything around me was dying. Uh-huh. The, the leaves on the trees, the, the way the grass looked like just everything starting to slow down and the sun not putting off as much heat as it had, you know, just a few weeks prior. And just then thinking about how winter, if fall is when you're, you're, an old person, the winter is your death and then spring is your birth. And that happens to the earth every, you know, every 365 days ish. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's like society has always told me like, you know, you know, the term seasonal affective disorder. I've heard the term. It's, it's seasonal affective disorder. S A D. They call it sad. What? Yeah. God. And they medicate you for that. So if you you feel sad during the winter time, you might have seasonal affective disorder and you might need serotonin reuptake inhibitors, you know, like, uh, like Prozac or whatever, but you maybe, maybe don't need them all year round. Are you living through the winter? 
Well, we have a pill for you. Uh, side effects may include diarrhea, cervical cancer. And death. Bleeding <laughs> eyes. Did I say diarrhea? Because I meant diarrhea. But the <laughs> not... Deatheria. <laughs> Deatheria. So it, it's... And that, um, for some reason, that stuck in my head. I was in, like, middle school, and I had a teacher who, like... You slept with? No. <laughs> God, why do you always do that? Yeah. Uh, that's an ongoing thing. I'm sorry. So <laughs> there was this teacher who spoke of his wife having seasonal affective disorder and that she has a really hard time in the winter time. And he also, for some reason, said that she was so afraid of water she couldn't put her face in the shower. I really think he shouldn't have shared this information about his wife. Well, you know, if he's like sleeping with you and stuff. <laughs> no, he was not sleeping with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it's such an ongoing long joke that that's I for the last pretend like she years. slept with her teachers when, they, when she was <laughs> underage. I don't know why. It's such a weird thing. There's a long story how we started that, but we don't need to go into it at all. But this teacher should not have shared that personal information, like the weak points of his wife. And yeah. it was weird, especially to middle schoolers, because I was a total shithead. But it stuck in my head that's like, it's not okay or normal to be sad in the winter. And I was like, but I kind of am. It's like, not not sad, as it is like, just slowed down, just a little subdued, just a little more reflective and, and um, contemplative, not... Mm -hmm. Not like go out and party, not that I'm really ever that person, but not socialize, not, you know, I don't want to see friends. I just want to hunker down and, yeah. and, uh, Hibernate. I, I remember that, that idea that that was wrong because she was, she had a problem. It had a name and there was a medicine for it. Mm -hmm. And me thinking in my head, like, oh, so they would, if I told people I felt like this, they would tell me I was wrong. But then you watch every adult in your life and you see that pattern with them too. And you see them fight it and be really upset and have a shitty time through Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. You know, and Valentine's Day for that matter. Well, isn't there a thing that people say? I don't know if it's a real stat or not, but aren't suicides always up at Christmas time? Yes. They, they, I don't, I don't know that because it's, uh, so they said, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's on the radio every year that suicide rates go up around Christmas. Be nice uh, to the people around you. I'm inclined to believe that, uh, less because I'm told, but more because I've observed throughout my 40 years, um, that a lot of people, really don't like the holidays, but they say they do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, I was an exception when I was locking myself in my camper to drink, uh, Milwaukee's best ice beer because I was accepting of that. I, I hated that shit. Right. And that was part of why I hated it was because, you know, like you watch, you watch your parents go through this enough times where they say, they say they love Christmas. They can't wait for Christmas. Christmas is the best time of year. And then they're just stressed because they're spending all this money on the kids. And they're angry and they're fighting with each other and they really seem like they don't want to do it. And depending on your parents, they maybe they're drinking more yeah. than usual. You know, if they're like, you know, they drink a whole bunch of eggnog on Christmas Eve and it's intensely not fun, but yet. The children are being told this is the best time of the year. And if you're good, then you're going to get stuff. And, you know, like. 
it just reminds me of that sketch of Will Ferrell from Saturday Night Live. And he's supposed to be some guy who's doing a Christmas pageant type thing. And he's on a rotating platform and he's singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Mm-hmm. But he starts to get dizzy and then projectile vomit everywhere. Yeah. And so I always he's think... He's singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the, the Year. But it basically gets... It's the most wonderful time. Yeah, but basically <laughs> that spinning makes it more and more intense. Yeah, and, and like, it keeps going. And that's really... <laughs> that's how it feels at Christmas time. Yeah. Like, it's the most wonderful... But everyone's barfing and like blood's coming out of their eyes because yeah, they're just so upset. Yeah, you're singing It's the Most Wonderful Time of Year or any other Christmas song that's like saying how wonderful everything is, but you're full of anxiety and anger and you're upset because you're going broke because you're buying all this crap. And, and I don't want to go to so-and-so's house and I don't feel like putting up these decorations and there's all this pressure to make it look this certain way and blah. Fuck all of that. Like, I don't want to do that ever again if I even did, which maybe I did kind of, but not even really to the point our parents did, like 80s and 90s parents did, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't want my kids to be around me in that fucking headspace. That's terrible. I want to be, like, snugly playing a Mario Kart or, like, you know, playing Carcassonne board games mm-hmm. I, I and, like, eating really good food, like, really good food. And especially what I focused on this year is eating as much like for Thanksgiving and for um, Christmas as much that I could have brought from our garden onto our table. So things that we preserved and like at Thanksgiving, we ate squash that was from our garden and we had um, we had fented green beans that were from our garden. We even grew our own Adam from Deborah gets red. (laughs) He just showed up at our house to eat all our mashed potatoes. (laughs) But I, um, I like and Christmas was the same thing. I can't remember. Oh yeah, like cause I started fermenting cranberries in like October, um, just as oh, soon yeah. as they were available, so yeah. that we and we still have honey uh, cranberries that are submerged in honey that are you can eat right now that are the best thing Delicious. ever. Delicious. Better today than before, and I'm using that honey to flavor the kombucha I'm making. So it's like I really focused on that idea of what it would have meant to be special and to feast. Was it to, to re-celebrate the harvest? Because you're celebrating the harvest during the, you know, September, October time. But then to re-celebrate that, what you've successfully stored. And that's with my ferments, like sauerkraut and, and the green beans and the cherry tomatoes that we grew that were still in jars. And to just really, like... A, observe all those flavors after they've gone through their, you know, uh, transmutation to get to the point that they were at that time. And, and like, it was like that, if you focus on that and think about that, that's beautiful. And to make, to make a cherry cobbler with the cherries from our cherry tree that took me ridiculous amount of time to pit all of them and to get them ready for, to make pie filling with, you know, I, I don't ever want to go, to an event where somebody bought a pumpkin pie from the grocery store ever again in my life. I never want to eat a slice of pumpkin pie from the grocery store. Yeah. And I'm with you. It's, uh, it's just, um, it's, there's this meaning behind it when you've worked for it and you're enjoying it. And if you have that during that Christmas time, you know, that, that, that gives it so much more depth and meaning instead of just, we're supposed to eat pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. We're supposed to have have whatever Christmas pudding or whatever the fuck people do. And so you go and you get those things. And they're not even really what they once were, you know? Like yeah. things, you well, know. Well, like the pumpkin pie is a great example. Yeah, you know, it's those, sweetened those cost- condensed milk. Costco pumpkin yeah. pie. How many 
American households have that on Thanksgiving oh, yeah. this year. Oh, yeah. Vegetable shortening for and the that, crust. That's just kind of... And, yeah, you know, yeah. like, it's whatever. If you eat processed food, it, it's fine. But it's sweetened condensed milk, and it's, like, pumpkin puree that, for God knows where it's from. And the whipped cream you put on top of it is maybe not not even cream. That 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 concoction does not compare to the pumpkin pies that my grandmother made when I was a kid from our own pumpkins. And I made a pumpkin custard this year for the first time. And I used real maple syrup and, uh, organic pumpkin puree. And I used, um, what was it? Oh yeah. It was cause it was a custard. It was, I used a ton of eggs and they were from our chickens. Mm -hmm. And then for whipped cream, I just put a little vanilla and heavy whipping cream like into it and blended it. Yeah. So there wasn't sugar in it and it was really, really good. And it was like that whipped cream was, it's like, so much better than like I mean, it would be so much better than the stuff from the store if it was loaded with sugar. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I mean, palates change over time. But man, that stuff is freaking good on uh, you know like any kind of dessert. Really. Well, yeah, you're gonna eat something that's already sweet. The cream is like a little fat and mm-hmm. a little break from that yeah. sweetness. You know, cuts it a little bit. But anyway, not just to be a foodie, but it's like the meaning behind all of those things. And the way they got to you and being thankful for that really brings a, uh, you know, rounds off the, the whole point of that, that time of the year and that ho- the holiday, instead of being about showing that you're doing it right as compared to other people and these weird societal standards that we have, you know, whether or not you're in church, like when we were kids, I was, my family was part of the Catholic church. You guys were the Lutherans or whatever. And there was all this pressure on how you were supposed to celebrate Christmas based on that. Mm-hmm. And now it's even sadder maybe now because they don't even, people don't even have, it's not even as common to have Christmas traditions in a church setting. It's just about getting that new video game or that Oculus quest strapped to your fucking head and everybody being in their different rooms with their new electronics, with wrapping paper and boxes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just feels hollow and gross And when I was a teenager, I just remember, I think it was 17 or 18 Christmas, my my uncle videotaped every Christmas. And if you find that one, I had a weird ass haircut and my hair was like fire engine red and I had face piercings and I was just sitting in the corner quietly weeping. Like it was overwhelming to me how hollow and empty and dead I felt with it. It was just sad. Yeah. And I... I felt like there used to be something there that was special and it's gone. But I think it just wasn't ever that special. Mm-hmm. It was just, I was too young to see the nuances in it and see the sadness in the grownups faces, you know? Right. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Like kids don't notice that the parents are upset. I, I wonder, I, I have this, uh, kind of vivid memory, um, of being, let's see, I was in the, the house that I was in, I had to have either been four or five years old on Christmas. And, um, you know, so we're talking pretty, pretty early for a memory that I'm still holding on to at 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was after Christmas and I had a barrel of monkeys. Oh yeah. Remember those? Yeah. And I was super sad. Yeah. I was I felt this massive disappointment because that barrel of monkeys 
Well, my grandpa had a barrel of monkeys that I played with with my grandpa at his house. And I got, and that was like my, my gift that year. I'm sure I got a couple other things, but it was, you know, it was, that was, that was the, the cool gift of the year. And I remember just being sad and not understanding why. And kind of this, this idea of like, is this all there is, you know? Which is, I, I don't know, it seems kind of profound for, for a five-year-old to No, be, I remember to that, too. thinking or, that. And maybe but, it was, but yeah. was it Was it largely because I knew, I now know that by the time I was, you know, 10 or 12, every single Christmas, my parents were stressed, pissed, and drunk. Yeah, and that, that's, your, you, you said kids don't notice when the parents are angry. They don't notice like we would. But they feel it. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Was that sadness? Not because like, you know, who cares about these bar- this barrel of monkeys, you know, or whatever. No. Uh, it was like, was it just because like I could tell that everyone here except for me and my sister were on a different emotional plane. I, you know, I think it's there's so much put on kids like. Oh, this is going to be so great. Are you going to get what, for what you asked for? Is Santa going to come? Have you been good this year? And they're asking about it for months, sometimes in advance. That when you get to that moment where you realize that all that buildup has been to get a barrel of monkeys mm-hmm. and everyone's mad, and then you're going to go back to life as normal without that anticipation for something better, Yeah, it's like kind of crushing. It's yeah. like kind of that feeling like, if your life hasn't been shitty and you go on a vacation, it's it's your your life's been a little shitty. You don't like your job or whatever. You go on a vacation and it's pretty good, and then you come back and you sit down and you realize that you're back to that life that you were left, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a letdown, yeah, a it's, disappointment. It, it's like build up, build up, build up, build up, and then it's done, and then it's like, oh, wait, that was it. Yeah, so I don't want that anymore. I don't want that, and and this year was was a great example of of how I can be better and be accepting of the darkness of the sadness of the, the con being contemplative, being reflective, you know, and, uh, and sitting with that and then finding ways to celebrate with, um, food that we preserved in in traditions like playing games and making eye contact and talking to each other. And, and, you know, we, we backtracked quite a bit and we're re- reflecting on the winter, which I think is also healthy yeah, at the beginning of spring. Yeah, that's weird how that happened. Yeah. That was not our intention. And, you know, because I can't tell you what the spring is going to bring. I'm just hopeful. But right now it feels like growth. And, you know, some seeds are planted in the garden outside, literally. And some seeds are planted in my head for, for ideas of things that I want to work on moving forward. And um, I, I hope as we're you know, living together longer and thinking like this more that we'll come to have our own, um, really strong, rich traditions based on these times of year and what it means for the earth mm-hmm. and, and what it means to be human and yeah. not based on what the talking TV box should tell us that we need to buy to be able to say we celebrated those holidays right? and that they're not holidays as much as, um, cycles. And the earth is constantly going through cycles and changing just as we are. And that's something I've been way more in tune to this last year and is, you know, the cycles of what it means to be a female. I I had another baby and then came back from that and just watching my patterns and my energy levels, learning more about moon cycles and then realizing that, oh, 
women's patterns follow that same energy that is said of the moon and that is really fascinating to me and so understanding that more about myself and then trying to work with those energies instead of be you know typically I'd be really just disappointed with myself that I wasn't doing enough at certain times Mm -hmm. and then I would start doing enough and when I would start doing enough I would still be like bummed that I hadn't been doing enough so I was kind of wasting the good energy on worrying that I hadn't done enough prior and it was just a kind of a bad cycle and so lately it's just been now's a time where I need to rest and take better care of myself I'll take an extra Epsom salt bath Um, I'll take a nap and then there's other times where it's like I don't need to get a full night's sleep I'll wake up at 3 30 or 4 in the morning and feel creative and that's okay too and I'm just going to go with that and work on the things that I want to work on. Yeah, as you talk about the cycles, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just spawning in thought. I've been, you know, thinking about the fractal nature of a lot of things. Like, there's, like, these cycles that are, they, they, they're, they're fractal. I feel like it's, like, like, we could look at it as, like, there's a daily cycle. And then there's, like, a, a moon cycle. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's, you know, there's these moon cycles. There's the, the sun cycle of the year, the year going by. And I think there's even cycles within years, you know, like um, uh, p- chunks of time. Well, sure. And if you think of that in a lifetime, you know, you have yeah. your inf- your babyhood, your your childhood, your teenage years, your fertile years, your elder, you know, older years. Like yeah. there's bigger cycles like that within. And it's like I think we can kind of see, you know, I or you know, I don't know that I could explain it, but I can kind of see like these like similarities between all these these cycles and that makes it feel fractal like there's really big ones there's probably even bigger ones that i can't even oh, yeah. begin to see oh yeah that are like you know thousands of years maybe millions of and years, then a mud flood happens years, you know <laughs> mud floods and um uh and uh don't make me talk about mud floods something exciting happened today sorry. with that but uh <laughs> um they um um those uh those cycles, you know, it's like that makes it practical. You know, they can go huge, they can go small. Maybe we're, you know, maybe we're even feeling those those cycles in a way that we we're, we're not even able to observe that are happening by the minute or by the second. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's I all, think it's all kind of deep stuff. I think to kind of just watch, observe when you can, and just try to like let yourself fit in with the way things are rolling with the earth instead of trying to fight against them. Yes. And that that well, hey, means a lot. Yeah. What you just said there brings this full circle. We started talking about um, daylight savings. Yeah. Daylight savings, I think, is a great example of how we're fighting against nature. Yes. We're fighting against the sky clock. We're fight Like, there's... there's I think that there... That we would all ease ourselves into spring from winter with no problem and things would just be nice just getting better i don't know what the right word to put but things would just be as they are Mm -hmm. but instead it's like someone pulls the carpet out from us uh, from under us or or flips our table right before that Mm -hmm. and and it makes it so that we're we're not in our natural state of of gradually going through that that year long cycle. Yeah. Like we we're here we are, we're just we're moving forward, you know, in our daily life and our daily thoughts. And then all of a sudden, uh, things are re scrambled a little bit and then 
all then just immediately after that, we have a major change in that cycle or yeah. a major uh, celebratory point. Or I don't I don't know what that point should actually mean, but it's you know I feel that we should celebrate it. Um, but we but we I think that it would be absolutely impossible for someone to notice this on their own without being told about the equinox and without um, I I don't think we could do it even just like casually observing the sky if we obey the clock and the time changes and right. stuff. Right. I mean, you think about the how far away we are from what we maybe once were, where we're living in a house that's temperature controlled, and then we drive in a car that's temperature controlled with lights on inside and outside for us to go to a building with computers and, t- and, or and TVs and temperature control again and, and spend most of our time inside of buildings doing our work. Whereas... A long, long time ago, people would be outside and working uh, in a field or, or fixing a hut, or at least their house wouldn't be so divisive from the elements. You know, it would be mm-hmm. working with it. Yeah. And you would need to be building that fire, which uh, would ke- really keep your finger on the pulse of how cold it was because how much you needed that fire and how often you needed to feed it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so just um, just the way society is built, we've, we've kind of been removed incrementally from what it means to be in touch with the earth and those cycles. And so now that I'm aware of that, focusing on it has felt really, really good and it feels really natural. And it's kind of like any, any worry, anxiety, depression that I had seasonally is like non-existent now. And I just feel really at peace with all of it. It feels great. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, you think we've nailed it today? I think we did okay. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't bad. No, not bad at all. It was great. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. So thanks everybody for listening. And thanks for people who are reaching out and sending emails. We really appreciate it. Um, we've got a couple of guests lined up for the show that are going to be really fun to have on. And uh, I don't know. This has been fun. And we're over. This is This might make a dozen. I think this is episode no, this 12. Is 12. Yeah. So we did it. We made it to a dozen. We can drop the mic now <laughs> and be done. Just kidding. I'm really enjoying this and um, being a part of the podcasting community that is there. It's, people are really supportive and, and cool and yeah. meeting a lot of rad people and getting to talk to them is, is really, really good. Yeah. I love this, this sphere that we're, we've, we've joined uh, a few episodes ago. I think we were saying we want to join but now I feel like we, we, we have joined. We're here. We were always here. We were just listening before. Yeah. And now, now we're taking part in the conversations, and it feels really good. Right. Well, again, thanks for listening, and this is the world as it is today. Bye.